0: To recovery Step by step
1: to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. To prepare for our big book study, let's get focused by having a three-minute moment of silent meditation, followed by the fog light prayer.
2: Good evening, everyone. I'm a recovered alcoholic, and my name is Rob. And I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Chris. What up, Chris? Thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start
1: the meditation in a minute, so please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that make noise or will distract others for the duration of the meeting. I hope I turn mine off. The
2: coffee area will be closed for this portion of the meeting, so as to minimize distractions.
1: And also, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. For the meditation, some suggestions are focus on your breath and your posture. Breathe in, God. Breathe out, self. (sighs) That feels good.
2: Take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away, or maybe the serenity of the day can stay with you. And ask God to help you focus on the study.
1: Does anybody? Uh, okay, everybody's in. Everybody's ready. Let's bring in security? the security. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. All right yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have that three-minute moment of silent meditation in just a moment. <laughs>
2: Us in the fog light prayer. If you don't know it, just follow along. God, God let your love, your love shine, shine through me, me like, like a, fog a fog light.
1: So those, those who are, are lost, sick, and dying, dying can find, find your love through me. What do you think, Rob? Should we have our secretary's report? That's a wonderful idea. Okay. Ronnie, join us. I sure am glad sure. he's here tonight. Yeah, me too.
3: All right, cool. Hi, my name is Ronnie, and I'm a recovered alcoholic secretary. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets will now be going around. And if you do not have actual cash, we can use Venmo, Zelle, and things like that blood for payment. And I have asked my friend, Katie, to come up and read the recovered statement.
4: Katie, alcoholic. Hi, Katie. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered but not cured, that presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered.
3: Thank you. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was, that was the best recovered statement I've heard in a long time. All right. So we read that notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. 1940s style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we have seen, felt, came to believe, and experienced is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. We also have CDs, mugs, large print big books, and little red books and big book dictionaries for sale. We meet every Monday promptly at 7.15 p.m. and we ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the road to recovery tune. We will see you next week. From the
2: forward to the first edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we've recovered is the main purpose of this book and this group.
1: And from There is a Solution, also from the big book, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news that that book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism.
2: This is an open meeting, and as such, all who have an interest in alcoholism and our program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself nor your reason uh, for being here if you do not wish to do so. Your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect ours.
1: And on the topic of anonymity, uh, this meeting may end up on YouTube. It will end up on a podcast. And uh, so if you don't want your voice to be heard, then just go ahead and pass that microphone or disguise your voice. You can make an accent or... We haven't heard any animal noises. Don't do it. Just stick with human. Stick with English. Human yeah, to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can disguise it, though.
2: <laughs> can we have a show of hands of people joining us for the very first time? All right.
1: <clears throat> Welcome. Welcome.
2: And a show of hands of recovered alcoholics. Very cool. If your hand's not up, grab one of these people whose hands are up and uh, ask them how they did that Their thing.
1: While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility.
2: Is there anyone in need of a big book? We have lots of loners. Looks like we're good.
1: And uh, before we begin our study of the big book, uh, last week we did review Tradition 1, and we're not going to review Tradition 2. This week, it's a leap week. So next week, we'll be back for Tradition 3. <laughs> Very nice. Leap weeks, huh?
2: In order to help us stay focused as we study the big book, we use the big book study guide prepared by Joe and Charlie and Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group.
1: And we are, okay, well, we're in there as a solution. And I know when, when I was drinking, when I came into AA, I didn't really care about a solution because I didn't have a problem.
5: Oh, I don't. Course, why would yeah. I want
1: to find a solution? I'm I'm fine. You you got the problem. You know. Yeah. I, had to pull I didn't have any
2: a, character defects either right. until like my fifth step when my sponsor pointed that out.
1: Uh, but we, but we didn't start in this chapter though. We didn't start in chapter two, right? Where did so? Do you want to do you want to recap? Uh, I would love to. Okay. We're doing it early. I like it. Or let's do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's do it though. Hey. So
2: we started in uh, page zero with uh, the preface in the forwards, and uh, that basically introduces us to what Alcoholics Anonymous is. You know, where we started, where we began, how we progressed over the years, the introduction of the literature, the growth of the groups, some of the early recovery rates that we already heard, as well as our introduction to some
1: of the traditions, which led us into some more Roman numerals in... The Doctor's Opinion. We have Dr. Silkworth's opinion. It's a description of alcoholism and what that is. What does it mean if I'm an alcoholic? Does it mean I got a DUI or I got arrested or I yelled at my family? No, it means that I have a physical allergy. When I start to drink, I want to drink more and more and more, and it's extremely hard for me to not drink the whole everything that there is and steal other people's liquor. And uh, Sometimes I can manage it, but usually I can't. I have the phenomenon of craving, and I want to drink more when I put one in. And then I also have this mental obsession, which means that I can't see the consequences. Right? When I did get in trouble drinking, I couldn't see the consequences that that had on my life. Uh, when I was sober, I made the decision to drink again and her, put my hand back on that hot stove a hundred different times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then Dr. Silkworth talks about the solution a little bit, how we work out that solution on a spiritual and an altruistic plane. So we're helping others, we're showing concern for the welfare of others, and we're growing spiritually. And that's what the solution is. And he was not an alcoholic. He was not a religious person. Uh, but that was his referral. So that was pretty cool. And the doctor's opinion can be a little... Uh, abstract right so we get to see it in action and we saw it in action over the past several weeks in bill's story great segue uh
2: so then we get into chapter one bill's story in the real numbers of the book here uh no coincidence that bill helped write this and his stories first um but uh basically we get to see bill wilson one of the co-founders what alcoholism looks like uh in a real life i'm sure uh if you're a real alcoholic and uh, identified as such You could probably write your own story here, but we get to look at Bill Wilson, how he went from a very successful stockbroker, and as his disease progressed, we get to see him uh, go through that progression, become unemployed, get kicked out, uh, live with the in-laws, all that sort of stuff, hiding drinks all around the house, you know, just, you know, liquor ceasing to be a luxury instead being a necessity. As he calls out in his story, and then we get to see what happens when Ebby Thatcher, his old drinking buddy, comes to him sober and says he found a solution, right? And he found a solution in the Oxford Group, which was, um, you know, a religious group of their own with their own program of action. That that he carried that message to Bill with two months sober, and uh, after Bill gets over the whole uh, God of the Oxford Group thing that was blocking him, and and Ebby suggests he he choose his own higher power, you know that. Those walls that Bill had built up uh, for so many years come down, he gets open to the sunlight of the spirit, and we get to see Bill uh, have his spiritual experience uh, suddenly get sober and then of absolute necessity that he starts carrying this message to other alcoholics you know and uh, There was many failures uh, at the beginning there, but one thing that that his wife Lois um, recognizes that he was staying sober right and then he carries that that message to dr Bob and and uh, the fellowship was born at that point, although they didn't really realize it at the time. And then all of the people and the ripple effects that happened after that as a result of Bill Bob getting sober. So uh, we get to see that, you know, absolutely hopeless chronic alcoholic who's been just labeled as doomed. Um, you know, doctors can't help him come out the other side um, with a spiritual experience and then begin to shed that light into uh, the lives of many other alcoholics who had been given that same diagnosis. So, very cool stuff, and that's where we are. We're leading into our solution today.
1: That took us through page 16, and should we go back to the... uh, Yeah, let's do uh, it. Okay, so in order to stay focused as we study the Big Book, we go with the Big Book Study Guide. This is prepared by Joe and Charlie at Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. Tonight, we got James reading for us. James, uh, whenever you want to come on up. (laughs) And we're going to start on page 17, but before we do, we're actually going to read this kind of prompt page from the study guide that we're following. Um, So that'll be page 17, when we begin the study, and what happens after the page is read.
2: I forget. We're going to ask questions from the podium, starting back at the top of page 17. The answers will be one sentence, unless otherwise specified, and multi-part questions are simply a one-sentence answer filled up by commas, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation.
1: Basically in English, what that means is we're going to read the material once through and then redisect the information a second time through the question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions gives us a new light in which to consider the study material.
2: This is important because hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we've completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, and observations based on what was just read. If you have spiritual experiences with this information, you are free to share.
1: However, big book study is not therapy. Should you begin sharing about topics which are more appropriately discussed in a different, i.e. sponsorship setting, please do not be offended when we cut that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time.
2: You can never go wrong by commenting on the page, which brings us to the words of one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. Sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. And you
1: want to go paragraph for paragraph here? Yeah, let's that? do it. Okay, so we have the uh, big book study guide intro to There is a Solution, and you do not have that in front of you, or maybe you do, uh, but we're just going to read it from the podium. So pages 17 through 29, as we study chapter 2, there is a solution. We will learn what the solution is to a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. We will learn who gave us this information. We will learn where we will find the clear-cut directions for taking the actions we must take to be assured that we will join the first 100 as recovered alcoholics.
2: We will learn the difference between the fellowship and the program. We will learn that although we share a common problem, that in itself will not produce the solution. We will learn some very real truths about alcoholism. We will learn that although an alcoholic cannot control the amount he drinks once he has taken the first few drinks because of the physical sensitivity to alcohol, that is not the real problem. The physical allergy is not what drives us to Alcoholics Anonymous for help. The real problem centers in the mind because the real alcoholic is unable to manage his most earnest decision to never take another drink.
1: But drinking is not the main problem of the chronic alcoholic. Alcoholics drink and do so better than almost everybody else. That's a nice compliment. Stopping is not the problem. Every alcoholic has stopped many times. The real problem of the chronic alcoholic is that we cannot stay stopped. The real alcoholic mind is one that does not have sufficient willpower to manage the decision to stay stopped. That produces this insidious insanity that leads to the first drink. Lacking willpower to manage a decision not to take the first drink mandates that the hopeless alcoholic find a higher power that will remove the need to try to manage the decision to never drink again.
2: We will also learn something of the three types of drinkers. There are moderate drinkers who would never think about coming to Alcoholics Anonymous. They can take it or leave it alone. Then there are the hard drinkers. They may need to come to Alcoholics Anonymous to learn that they are not alcoholics. Given a good reason, they can drink like moderate drinkers or abstain completely if they so
1: choose. But the real or chronic alcoholic is totally powerless over alcohol. We can either control the amount we drink... Nor do we have any power to manage a decision to not ever drink again. Alcoholics Anonymous is for the real alcoholic only. Sorry, heavy hearts. Uh, We will learn more about that when we study the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, So, is there a solution? Let's
2: Let's find find out.
1: out. That was adorable, wasn't it? Just now. (laughs) So, James, whenever you are ready, my friend, you can please take us away from page 17. Sure. Uh, recovered Alcoholic James. Chapter Two There
5: is a Solution. We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. We are average Americans, all sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go, Our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are joined now, or now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. An illness of this sort, and we have come to believe it is an illness, involves those about us in a way no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him and no one is angry or hurt. But not so with the alcoholic illness, for with it there goes annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers, it brings misunderstanding. Fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, uh, sad wives and parents, anyone can increase the list. We hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are or may be affected. There are many. Highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Uh, strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker who has found his solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. That the man who is making the approach, has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no axes to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. All right, I think we're going to stop there tonight and uh, begin with the question and answer. Good.
1: I'll run? Sure. All right. Or walk slowly. Okay. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. So we're going to begin on page 17. Is there another mic or just this one? There is only that one. Big yellow one is the sun. All right. Page 17. What do we know? What do we know? (laughs) What do we know?
6: We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill.
1: What have they done? Two sentences.
7: Nearly all have
8: recovered. They have solved the drink problem.
1: All right. That's the end of that paragraph. So this page is now open for comment. Anybody have any experience with this paragraph? Anything to share on that? Okay. Okay. Let's move on.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's important to notice how many times, if you have never before, we get that promise about how all of these people have recovered, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that nearly all are still recovering, right? They still have that hopeless state of mind and body. No, it says that nearly all have recovered. And over and over in this book, that is to make that promise that if we follow through with this program of action, that's what we receive right there on page zero, as Ryan is pointing out, right? The very first promise in the book, so... Here it is again.
1: Who are we, members of Alcoholics Anonymous? Two sentences.
9: We are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds.
1: Without AA, would we have known each other?
9: We are people who normally would
6: not mix.
1: What do recovered alcoholics share?
10: But there exists upon us a friendship, a friendliness, and an understanding
7: which is indescribably wonderful.
1: Who are we like?
7: We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table.
1: How are we unlike them?
7: Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy
4: and escape from disaster does not subside as we go on our individual ways.
1: Will the common problem keep us together?
4: The feeling of having
10: shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us.
1: Oh, okay. So, But that in
10: itself would never have held us together as we are joined now. Thank you. (laughs) Yes.
1: So, does anybody have experience with that paragraph? What are, what are we talking about? Yeah, we got Ryan. Let's uh, get that microphone Here, on up to Ryan. Here you go. Thank you.
6: Um, so, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Ryan. Ryan. Um, I like this paragraph. It's t- Basically, it's describing the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous um, and talking about its importance. Um, but I think it's also important to point out that the fellowship is not the solution so even though it's the beginning of there is the solution it's talking about us in a way as you know the reason the fellowship is so amazing right is because we've all been in this common peril right where we've all been brought to our knees and we only have one way out right the the, i think what they're leading into with this is what's even more important is that the thing that re- which really binds us together, which is different than that than the the ocean liner or whatever, you know, like is that we have a common solution to get us out of that problem, um, and that's what really brings us together. Um, so while I think that the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous is beyond amazing, like I've never experienced anything like it, um, it's also important to note that the program is what's in this book. Um, it's not the fellowship. So that's all I've got.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I mean, this, this isn't a support group for people who got arrested for DWI, right? Like, it, it, sometimes it seems like that, you know, and, and, but, and it's that too, right? It's, not, it's not, not a support group, but what they're saying is that alone would never have held us together the way that we're now joined, right? So do we have anything else on this paragraph before we move on? All right, let's keep with the Q&A. What tremendous fact does keep us together?
11: The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution.
1: On what can we absolutely agree and we can join in what?
12: We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly
6: and harmonious action.
1: Where do we find this most important information?
6: This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism.
1: Okay, we got one. Got a I saw a hand back there.
13: Thank you. Alcoholic recovered Mike Chase.
1: You, Mike.
13: This paragraph just rocks me. I love it because in the first paragraph it talks about you know how different and odd and how we all get along, but it also ends up by saying you know the fellowship ain't going to keep you sober, as Ryan said. It's going to give us an opportunity to meet you little knuckleheads that need to get sober, and it's fun to be around people who have seeked God. It's nice to be around the same people, but that in itself is not going to get us sober, and it's followed up like instantly. The tremendous fact for everyone is that we have a common solution. The program that found in the book, when they all decided this was going to be our program, but Uncle Larry over there, he wanted to like, have you like you know join the circus to get so. he said, nope, nope, that's not what we're doing. And, and then Uncle Fred over here is going, to like, well, well, you got to do – no, it's like, no, this is going to be our common solution, the one that we're going to have in the book. We have a way out, which we can absolutely agree. Good luck getting that done nowadays, right? But this, mm. these people – and, oh, by the way, when it says we, we're not talking about us – or them, and it's talking about the first 67 to 100, you know, the people who actually did the deed, actually did the deal, who made the commitment, who actually got sober. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. So I was on one of my favorite places today, back on Facebook, and um, <laughs> somebody had posted some random crap about the Washingtonians, and gee, why was it unsuccessful? I had to post. Sorry. I it's because they didn't have a program of action. They were all fellowship based. It was all about a bunch of people hanging around with each other going. We're not going to drink today. Oh, yeah, we're not going to drink today. Let's go play football. Let's go play volleyball. We're not going to drink today. You know, let's go get a good job. We're not going to drink today. And that gets really boring if you're untreated because untreated alcoholics always end up drinking. Right. The Washingtonians didn't fail because of all the external stuff. That was, of course, it's because they had no program of action in the first place. Ask anybody who's relapsed, did you work the steps? Have you got, do you sponsor people? Are you working with people? And most of them will say, well, I did, but I stopped or I never did, and whatnot, and that like. So the fact that, you know, on the first page, of there's a solution, it gets right into the facts. You know, this is the program found in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. If you want to quit drinking, this is where you find it. If you're here for a pit stop and a rest and a wash and wax, you can also find that here, too. You know, we don't force anybody to get sober. We just give an opportunity to get sober. Thanks.
1: Thanks for sharing. We got a. There was a barricade.
6: I have one more quick thing. I'm, I'm Ryan again. Um, Ryan? and Just one more quick thing is that I like that last sentence of that last paragraph, that this is the great news that this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. Um, when this book came out, they didn't have all the other AA literature you know, to keep them sober. They found their program of action. They wrote it down and they put it in this book. Um, while I think that some of those other books can have some great information. The program of action is in this. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got.
1: And it says, um, a friend of mine has big book sponsorship written in the bottom of his page in his book. And it's like, if I'm a sponsor, if I have somebody that's a new alcoholic that hasn't found the solution, like what better way to get that person sober and help them than to just sit down and read the book with them. Yeah. That's how I got. sober. I was in the fellowship of AA for years before I actually read this book with a qualified sponsor. And that's, uh, that's the truth, man. This sounds awful. It was. I didn't. Well, I did <laughs> give her much sobriety. Yeah, but I can't blame it on that, you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we could all do well to remember that. I know we do at this meeting. So, uh, should anything else on this paragraph before we go to the next uh, Q and A? All right, let's Q and A it up. Page. We're on page eighteen now. Is the effect of our
14: illness limited to just
1: the alcoholic?
14: An illness of this sort and we have come to believe it is an illness, involves those about us in a way no other human sickness can. What are our feelings for a cancer patient?
10: If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him, and no one is angry or hurt.
1: What goes with alcoholic illness?
14: But not so with the alcoholic illness, for with it, there goes the annihilation of all things worthwhile in life.
1: Who does it affect?
3: All right, right, so we have a... Yeah, it engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers.
1: What does it bring to all those affected by alcoholism?
8: It brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children and sad wives and parents. Anyone can increase the list.
1: And we got a note here. How does this compare with the way it was with you and yours?
8: We hope this volume yeah. will inform and comfort
1: that was, those. That was just a discussion questions. Sorry. Yeah. So, so we can we can discuss on that. Does anybody have anything that they want to talk about that last paragraph before we get into the next paragraph Q and A? Anybody have financial insecurity, fierce resentment? I know I had some
14: disgusted friends. Yeah, we got one. <laughs> My name's Dean. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Indeed. Um, this. Uh, defines it as an illness. Uh, This paragraph also, if you are working with someone who um, really is trying to decide whether they're in or out, um, my first sponsor brought it to my attention and said, Dean, does it bring misunderstanding? Does alcoholism bring fierce resentment? Does it bring financial insecurity? Does it bring disgusted friends? And he gave me an opportunity to say something right there between each one of these. Mm. And, you know, I had no idea I was alcoholic, um, but I had uh, warped lives of blameless children and sad wives and parents. Um, You know, I used to think this book didn't apply. Um, but when someone sits across the table from you and asks you these questions, it personalizes it for your experience. And um, this is tough. I mean, this is um, one of these tough situations where if we have someone who continues to, you know, go back out, come back, call you the next day with. And, and you know, it constantly reminds me that this is an illness and untreated this person and myself included, um, you know these these are very very real realities in all past things.
3: Hmm. Um, Ronnie, I'm an alcoholic, right. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I just want to bring into play the fact that you know it doesn't distinguish whether this is sober or drinking, you know, because I I have. I have the capacity to to do all of these things sober, you know, and, and I have like hundreds of times, you know, um, where I can bring misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity. You know, this is just like my natural state of being, you know, I mean, I, I don't really have to try to do these things. This thing just happens just by me existing. And, um, you know, so I mean, and that, those are the things that bring me back into drinking in the first place, you know, um, so I just wanted to kind of point that out.
1: Thanks for sharing. You Got you one right there. Here
9: you go. Thank you. Hi, recovered alcoholic. Name Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Kelly. Hi. Man, okay, so an illness of this sort. We have come to believe that an illness involves those about us in a way no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, we're all sorry for him and no one is angry, but not so with the alcoholic illness. We... Hurt, devastate, upset everybody around us who, and, and it's only one alcoholic that can help another. You know, it says here that the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. We are the only ones that understand and go back in the wreckage. Throw that life, you know, throw that lifeboat, whatever you want to call it. What's that called? The life saver, yeah, life preserver. Mm -hmm. Like we go back in the muck and we throw that life preserver ring out and we'll pull you back in. You know, if you'll grab it, you have to grab it. But like, that's just the beauty of this program. Like our primary purpose is to get sober and go back in and pull others out of the wreckage. We're not the ones that, you know, are angry. We're not the, you know, we understand we don't feel sorry for you, but we understand. <laughs> you know And it, it, the program in this book re- makes me recovered enough to come back in and get you, you know, and, and help you with your illness. That is the beauty of this program.: Thank
1: you: Thanks for sharing.. Yeah, I really like what, what Ronnie had to say. Like, I can be untreated. I can be an untreated alcoholic without actually putting alcohol in my body. And then I start, I could see that too, like as Dean talked about. Am I experiencing financial insecurity right now? Do I have disgusted friends and employers right now? And, uh, and maybe, maybe if that's the case, well, luckily, right, we have this volume to inform and comfort those who are afflicted. So,
2: yeah. After staying a few 24 hours, I'm blessed to have a, a kind of a, sobriety barometer if you will like what's my what's my current agnosticism i've heard people say and it's like uh you know how much is rob controlling or is how much am i aligning my will and uh, i can be restless irritable and discontent if i'm not you know doing this but i find and i've heard a speaker say this too it's like if i am looking at you and i'm judging you uh for xyz right first of all if you spot it you got it it's probably something in me Mm-hmm. Um, it like, but if I'm looking at somebody and spotting that and saying, Hey, like I recognize that in me and let me go help that person instead of being like, Oh, look at, you know, so-and-so doing X, Y, Z. It's like, that's how I know if I'm spiritually fit. Like if all of a sudden it's like, you know, I'm, it's all about me and it's all your fault. I'm like, Whoa, hold on a second. Like I need to, I need to see where I'm at in, in, in my work because that is not how, um, uh, I know sobriety is, right? When, it, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I get that clean feeling. I'm not restless, irritable, and discontent. But as soon as I start feeling that way, I know instantly, like, okay, let's let's reach out to another alcoholic. Let's get, you know, in the book. Let's do my spiritual disciplines and uh, get out of self.
13: Hi, recovered alcoholic. I don't want to do give spoilers but i'm going to give spoilers okay um you know when we get into their solution this is the part of the book where we start phasing out the actual physical aspect of alcoholism the physical allergy we start touching a little bit on the mental obsession which is a direct result of the physical allergy we start getting into the 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 soul sickness the 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 spiritual malady part of it. And if if we read this 18, you know, it brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives, blameless. You know, that's just not for alcoholics, Parkinson's, you know, manic depression, psychosis. You know, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to show that, yeah, we have an illness here. You know, we don't have anything special. You know, we're not the only people who lie, cheat, and steal, manipulate, you know, but, but it is not human behavior that's appropriate and stuff like that. And if we want to, we can go to page 52 and we, you know, talk about where we're really at, um, which is this is like bedevilments. And you mentioned it earlier, untreated alcoholism. We're having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear, and we were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of help to any other people. It wasn't the basic solution. benevolence more important than whether we should play volleyball or get a better job or get a new girlfriend or get a new car or go shopping. No, it's like get your butt into the book and get some solution and get God, you know. Um, later on in the book when I think it's um, doctors, something where there's is it Fred who's? Such a fine man. He's got a happy family. He's got a good job. But boy, when he gets drunk, all shit hits the fan, you know? But then it's, but it's, it's really interesting because Fred's an amazing character. He's a wonderful man. He's got a good family. But you know he's alcoholic. You know, It's like they're telling you know, he's Norwegian or Scottish or something, you know? But what is alcoholism? It's the destruction of everything right. For every one alcoholic, seven to ten people's lives are directly affected. And this is that part of the book we're sort of t- t- touching into that moral... Moral inventory. Now, we have to be willing and honest to look at how my life is affecting other people. Because as you said, if I don't have a problem, don't bother me with a solution. So in this part of the book, it's called There's a Solution, but we still marry in and out problem solution, God, mental, spiritual, physical. It's really sneaky. It's magnificent. If I had to write this, we wouldn't be sober. Thanks.
1: Thanks for sharing. Does anyone have anything else on this paragraph before we continue with the Q&A? Okay. Uh,
4: I'm a Mar- Marissa, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Marissa. Um, the line that gets me in this paragraph is uh, it eng- engulfs all whose life touches sufferers. Because while we're out, I'm, I'm coming back, just coming back from being out for a year. And, like, being out, you forget that. You know what I mean? We're so <laughs> selfish when we're in the middle of our addiction that, like, I forget that, my mom, my dad, my grandparents—every person that is in my life that is not an alcoholic that doesn't understand that we do have an illness and that no matter how many times I explain it to them, they're never gonna get it like I do. You know what I mean? Like you guys do. Um, so I mean, I, I love the book of AA. I love, I love everything about this whole program because it has saved my life multiple times. But that line has always got me—that engulfs all lives who's touched the sufferers and. I don't know. I didn't even want to be here tonight, and I'm actually really glad that we're going through there as a solution. So thanks. Thank thanks for sharing. I'm glad you're Welcome here. Welcome back.
15: Thanks.
1: Anybody have anything else on this paragraph? Are we going to Q&A?
2: All right, q let Let's, cue. let's do a. two paragraphs on this next little run.
1: Okay. All right. What is <laughs> the next one's a short one? We're getting frisky. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. I just went all in. <laughs> don't get well too quick. That's what they told me. All right. Uh, <laughs> what is our hope? Oh, where am I? Right here. What is our hope?
14: We hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are or who may be affected. There are many highly con- competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss the situation without, without reserve. All right. Awesome. awesome. It's you like did two
2: questions. Here, I'll take it. Yeah. Yep. So that was... We got some uh, just some resentments brewing back here for getting skipped, so I got to make sure. <laughs> okay. That... Good. 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 We, we want to redo that question? Sure. Um, the second question? Is this just for a few?
1: Or the third question? There are many. <laughs> <laughs> are we willing to discuss our situation with professionals or even those who are close to us? The entire paragraph. Highly competent
3: psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor.
1: Mm. Anybody go to, like, multiple therapists and psychiatrists while not being sober? Yeah, I know I did. So it was. I was kind of unapproachable, right? I went in there, and I remember one time he said to me, "You know, I'm kind of like your uncle. I'm not really like a therapist." And I, and I was like, "Yeah, it's cool. You know, I got him. I got. I won him over. That's why I felt." But that was. That's not a good thing when they say that. So, any, does anyone have anything else on this paragraph? Okay, let's move it forward then. What can be recovered, alcoholic? Uh,
4: but the ex-problem ex- drinker who has found the solution, who is prob- properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Do you want me to keep going? Please. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Boom. All right. We got one. Was that it back here? Yeah. Why do you keep putting your hand down? I'm confused.
13: <laughs> <laughs> Love this paragraph, too. Previous paragraph, highly competent psychiatrist, like I I think about every time I went to a psychiatrist or I talked to my mom or I talked to my boss or about a friend, I lied through my teeth about my drinking and using because they had one mission and that was to take it away. Just to not let me get drunk or get high anymore, to lock me up or to take me out of my job. And you don't mess with my drinking and drugging. So I lied through my teeth and I, I never was honest with these people until I was like in the psych ward. Then they couldn't shut me up, the poor people. But the, the ironic thing is that earlier on we talked about how the, 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 the fact that one alcoholic can talk to another alcoholic and not feel the threat. When I'm working with a newcomer and we're sitting t- at a table knee to knee talking to each other, they're usually there because they want help. You know, they're so they're willing to talk and they and, and if you do it properly, they know you were just as messed up as them when you were out there. So you have this code of code of, um, I don't know, do to you know, we feel comfortable to. It. And, and when I'm talking with somebody, I know they're not going to go back and report it to the IRS. I know they're not going to report it to each other. And, and this part about the ex-problems, we found this solution, you know, this one, the one that we have in the book. Who is properly armed with the facts about himself, my drinking and drugging. You you can argue phenomenon of craving, the medical and biological and chemical, all you want. But the way that it affected me, you can't argue with me because this is my story, buddy. And this is this is how it affected me. You either relate or you don't relate, you know? And then there's that part of like Mike Chase, why do we have to spend so much time reading the book and knowing this stuff? Because when you sit with the newcomer you don't want to just show up and go like yeah think differently and oh meaty makers make it you know and uh, oh just put the pluggy in the jug you know and you sound like a freaking moron it's important to know this stuff in the book so when you're actually talking with somebody you have a message of weight and meaning so they finally realize this guy knows what he's talking about because you ever talk to like a a a, a, a therapist who's not alcoholic I would talk to her about how I didn't want to drink, I didn't want to drink, and next thing you know I'm drinking, and she's like, oh, gosh, you've got multiple personality syndrome. It's like, no, honey, it's called the mental obsession, you know? They just don't get it. So, yeah, it's important when you're reading this stuff to, I love this word, comprehend, right? Which is why we do this, so you comprehend. So when you're talking to a newcomer someday, you don't sound like a bumper sticker moron, you know? So, thanks.
1: (laughs) I love what it says here, the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself. So and that's the first half of the sentence, right? I'm only properly armed with facts about myself after I've found the solution, right? Because in the doctor's opinion, we learned that I can't differentiate the true from the false. I couldn't see the almost certain consequences that came from taking even a glass of beer, right? And then I wasn't armed with facts. I was armed with delusions. I was armed with insanity and lies and justifications, but... Only on the other side of finding the solution are we then armed with the facts about ourselves. And that takes us to page 77 where it says that our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. And so that's how maybe we're fitted, we're armed with facts about ourselves now so that we can help win the confidence of another alcoholic
2: yeah I, I think it's it's so important to to think about it because you know everybody's already talked about it like of all the professionals and of all the knowledgeable people that are out there, if they've never been where we've been and come to where we've come or covered, they cannot reach that alcoholic um the same way that we can right and then when you think about um they say it's something like ten percent of the population is alcoholic right. So how, many, how, how much of that 10% gets to where we get, right, as recovered? It's got to be south of 3%, I would imagine. And then how many are then willing out when they come out the other side to do what the book instructs us to do, to take that message to the next suffering alcoholic, mm. right? That's why it's so important that when we do this work, that's the message that we land is like, look, like we, we do it for free and for fun because we love it. Now it's your turn to go take this to somebody else who needs it. You know, and we need you in the trenches. We don't need you like, all right, cool. I'm recovered. I'm gonna go like, you know, Netflix and chill now or whatever that looks like. You know, I was like, no, I got to get back out there and, and give away what was given to me so freely. Um, you got Grace up up here in the chat. I didn't know that we did. It went down again. I get lost easy.
7: Here you go. Grace recovered alcoholic. Hey, Grace. Um, so it's always cool to go when we go through the big book, um, no matter where I'm at, if I'm in a meeting or with a sponsor or with my sponsor, um, to see what I've written in in the past. And something that I wrote next to armed with the facts about himself means, um, the way that I comprehended it was that they finished all 12 steps because if I haven't finished all 12 steps, then I probably didn't, I don't feel like I had an accurate view of myself until that happened. Um, and also, I'm sure a lot of you know this, but in um, the 1930s, printing something in italic was very expensive. So every time they wrote in italics, it was like, you know, pay attention to this right here. Like this You're is so get, like, important. You started here. Hmm? <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> sorry, no, continue. Okay. <laughs> no, I I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. No, it's really important.
7: It is really important. Yeah. Um but that, um, I have, uh, on the previous paragraph, I have been to every psych ward in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, um, the good and the bad. And, um, I, uh, one of my, um, delusions that I had was my, um, alcohol use was a symptom of PTSD. And I like to say that Like, if you look it up in the DSM-5 or whatever, like, all the symptoms, like, might be substance abuse. But um, just because I – like, substance abuse is not the same as alcoholism. And um, substance abuse – like, hard drinkers abuse substances, but they're not alcoholics. College students abuse substances, but they are not all alcoholics. And um, just that – this is why I like – when I was in a treatment setting and when I am out now with almost two years, I love H&I because there's a lot of, like, they go through the day and they experience a lot of therapy, but when an H&I meeting goes in, they get to experience the book and the solution and on this program of action. And um, so if uh, doctors and therapists could have cured me, I would have gotten sober at about 13 years old. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so when I, um, and I, you know, I hear this a lot. Like, people, when they first come into the rooms, they think that this is a scam. Nobody can be really this happy. And um, sitting down with my very first sponsor in my first 30 days and going through the doctor's opinion, realizing that, like, I'm not paying her to do this. I, I don't know why she's here. She bought me donuts and coffee. Like, we're at the park. Like, it's Saturday. Shouldn't she be, like, relaxing? And, like, no, that's, like, someone took time out of their day to take me through this it must not be a scam that's kind of how i realized that like aa is not a scam so thank you
1: thanks for sharing
2: interrupted we had um, okay. some somebody consult uh someone in the printing business who says that that is a fallacy although very commonly shared that um printing in italics cost more back then um our consult revealed that it did not
15: right it's just it's really, really important.
2: important. Yeah. So we should definitely pay attention to it. But I think that's, uh, you know, been passed down as a way to emphasize that.
15: So
9: I Ke- um, recovered alcoholic Kelly hey Kelly. So until I was properly armed with the facts about myself, I would go to doctors and psychiatrists because I did, I was not properly armed with the facts about myself. I just knew something was really wrong and I thought I was drinking because I was depressed so I went to my doctor, I'm like, uh, and I told him, I, I'm depressed. I need, uh, I, I need um, antidepressants and sleep medications. Never once in a million years did I say I'm drinking a bottle of vodka a day. I am a blackout drunk. I'm embarrassing myself and my family, and I need help because I was constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself you know, and that was normal. Like, you know, the alcoholic life was the only normal life. God forbid my parents would try to say something to me about my drinking. Ah, my friends, you know, I mean, they, they would get absolutely nowhere with that. I was completely unapproachable to everybody, even and when I went to treatment just to keep myself out of trouble. I was not one of you, you know, and it wasn't until I was entirely beat down Emotionally and spiritually was I willing to sit down with somebody that was, thank you God, armed with the facts about herself. And and now it is such a beautiful experience to sit down with somebody that wants to hear it. And you know, we, we're so self indulgent, so self centered. We think we, we have this terminal uniqueness, you know, that you just don't understand. And I'll be like, Really? You know, and, and this book has given me like, I love, I love this book and I love being in the solution. And this meeting has taught me so much about that. That's why I keep coming back all the time because the solution is right here, you know, and it's, it's cute. You know, like some of my sponsors are like, you're so amazing. I'm like, it's not me. It, it's the book. It, it, it's it's the program of action and it's God. You know, he sent me here in your path to, to understand you, to help you understand yourself and to show you the solution. But until an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. I was just having a conversation with somebody about that today. Until you understand what is really wrong with you, you have no possible chance in hell of changing and you don't, and are not going to be able to understand what is wrong with you unless you sit down and go through the book and go through the program, point-blank, period. Keep trying it every which way you want, roundabout and roundabout and roundabout. But that is the very truth. It's such a simple understanding. They say it's such a, a simple program for us complicated, unique individuals. Well, it's pretty simple.
1: It's said in the preface and the forewords when this book was published, that the flying blind period had ended, right? And uh, does anybody, you know, I've never flown a plane. I have a friend that's also an alcoholic that that actually does fly planes, and the chances that I'm going to be able to land a plane sober are low, but the chances (laughs) that I'm going to be able to (laughs) land it or even fly it, you know, blind, even lower, right? This book is what gives us the sight and the vision to see. I I love that. Um, Yeah, and anything else before we go back to Q&A? Let's do some question and answer. What is, the, what is it that the recovered alcoholic brings to the suffering alcoholic? This is the bottom paragraph on 18. What is it the recovered alcoholic brings to the suffering alcoholic? It's a long, long sentence.
6: That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect, that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective.
1: Sure was. (laughs) (laughs) Comments. Would this describe the qualifications of a sponsor? And what happens after the recovered alcoholic tells his story to the suffering alcoholic?
9: After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again.
6: We got one. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Hey Ryan, um, I think that all of the stuff that was just described in that extremely long sentence um, is what changed my mind about Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, because I remember before I came to Florida, um, telling people back home that like this was not for me. You know, I was not going to go through the steps. I wasn't going to do Alcoholics Anonymous. Like it was not part of my journey. Um, and like, I just had like a, I remember there just being one like short moment when I was on my way down here where like, I just felt like a complete surrender, you know, like, and I, I just realized that like, I had no idea what I was doing anymore. Um, and I mean, honestly, that's all I needed was just that one moment of that feeling. Um, and then the first thing I did was go to a meeting when I got off the plane and being able to have conversations with proof that this works is you can't deny it when there's, when someone's talking to you and you're like, I want what that person has, you know, like you can't sit there and like be in denial about it anymore. You know, like I, I think Mike Chase said, I can't sit there and tell someone that their story is wrong, you know? So, and not only that, but it's like, like they don't, we don't go to people in a holier than thou, attitude. We don't go to people to lecture them. Cause you know what, like as someone who was unrecovered, I experienced way too much of that already. You know what I mean? And, um, so the fact that like, it's like this is what completely turned me around about AA as a whole. I was definitely, you know, I had contempt prior to investigation. I didn't know anything. I was just being a jerk. Um, but once I saw what it had done for other people, it's what completely turned me around with this program. Um, and it, it gave me the willingness to be able to do it, you know? And we, I mean, we have Doc speaking for us on Thursday nights, and he kind of touches on this thing about how, you know, all that I needed to do this was the willingness to do this. Because once I had the willingness to sit down and do this, and when I, I did step one, I I'm immediately catapulted into step two, regardless of whether or not I meant to do that or not, you know? Like, and... I, I can't sit here and tell you where the switch happened for me when I was doing my steps. You know, I can't sit there and tell you because I had the more gradual, like, educational variety spiritual experience. I can't tell you where it happened for me. You know what I mean? I didn't have that white light spiritual experience. But all I know is that when I finally had the willingness to sit down and try this, the change just happened automatically. You know, the change just happened somewhere in there. And I didn't even know it happened. So I I just, I mean if you're unsure about doing this, if you're like on the fence, just be willing just to give it a try because what if something happens, you know? Um, that's all I've got.
1: Thanks, Ryan. We got Ron here.
6: Hey, I'm running an
3: alcoholic. Hey, <laughs> this last paragraph, <clears throat> it's very dense for me. It's a lot packed in there and so much pertinent information to my own experience in my own life, you know? So when it talks about that, he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing, whatever, except a sincere desire to be helpful. There are no fees to pay access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective, you know? Um, and for me, it's like, you know, and I'll probably talk about some outside issues like sober houses and IOPs and treatment centers and things like that. I've been to a few of them. And, um, I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, you know, it's like you go to an IOP and they're like, yeah, you know, listen, you know, we're just going to do something light. We're going to start off light. We're going to meet, like, 12 days a week, 24 hours, you know, a day. And, you know, but you're expected to find a job and, and, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, that, and the other thing. It's like, listen, I need an answer, not an obstacle course. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to drink. You know, this is, this is not what I signed up for. I don't want to do any of this. Um, and I've had a, a ton of those experiences, you know, and, and then especially, you know, you, you give the sober house manager a little bit of, uh, you know, power and he's coming down on you with the heavy hand. And it, I mean, look, I mean, these these situations go on and on and on and on, you know. Um, but I think it was most effective when, uh, you know, when I came to the table willing, you know, that, that that's the other thing, you know, I, I can be here against my will, which makes it terrible, you know. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's like I'm being dragged away by the scruff of my neck. Um, or, or I can come here willingly and, and really be a part of what's going on. And I mean, you know, of the two events, the latter has, I found most beneficial. So thank you.
1: Thanks for sharing.
2: You got one in the back. I'm going to steal at least one of your one-liners just so you know.
13: Uh, Grace touched on it earlier, the confusion of what an alcoholic is the dsmv five different levels of alcoholism you know and it's like you know you get a dwi oh you're alcoholic you know you got a divorce you're alcoholic and 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 that's not what the book of alcoholics anonymous is for it says alcoholics anonymous not problem heavy hard drinkers anonymous not i got an eating disorder anonymous you know we got special places for special people you know the book is designed for for those who are unable to drink moderately the question is how to stop altogether we are assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop. This is uh, more about alcoholism. 34 cheating, going ahead. Sorry. Whether such a person can quit on a non-spiritual basis depends on the extent to which he has already lost the power of choose to whether he or drink or not. Well, if it's to be alcoholic means you have no choice of whether you're going to drink or not. That's what alcoholism is. So if you're one of those people that don't get what a phenomenon of craving is like my IOPs. You know, they, they, they didn't get it, but when an alcoholic knows what it is to go out, you know, to have go out for two knob creeks of flame mignon and a couple of bumps and plan to be home by nine thirty for a seven o'clock business meeting and I show up two days later. You know, the alcoholics get it. The boss and the non alcoholics go just you just shoulda like cut drank less, you just shoulda you know and they may look like you know they, they but they don't get it. If you've never suffered from the phenomenon of craving or the mental obsession, you, you you don't get it, and and you shouldn't be talking to us, you know, because it's like going to a a, a aspirin to for cancer. It just doesn't work with us. Thanks.
1: Yeah, it's like going to a rodeo, and you and you bring like a poodle, like you're doing one of those dog shows or something. It's the wrong. You brought the wrong animal. Yeah. Anybody? The page is open for comment. That's all that we had for Q and A. Does anybody else? Have any... Didn't you hear some fire about taking up their beds and walking again? Oh Wasn't gosh! That... Well, that was uh, that was step two. Yeah. Was anyone here for for Doc step two? I was. Yeah. So he did the story about his friend walking. His friend got kicked out of his apartment, and he carried his couch down the street, and he 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 could take up his bed and walk again. But um, he said what what it, the story was was the uh, the person who took up their bed was somebody that was. Uh, a cripple and they were sitting by this fountain like a healing fountain and they were there for like years and years and um and then they they came face to face with with christ in the story and there were he was asked a question by him and he just ended up giving him his sob story about what his life was it wasn't like the right spiritual answer and then he's like just get up and get out of here you can you're healed like he had been waiting to get into the healing fountain or something that's was my understanding of it but maybe uh I don't know. I don't know what book it's from, but it was a cool story. And I think it's in my book somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Luke. You're a luke -er. That's right. (laughs) We got one. Here we go.
10: Amy, Recovered Alcoholic. Hey, Amy. Um, I really like the qualifiers for the sponsor that it outlines in here um, and how it talks about how important it is that we're qualified to lead the other person because, um, you know, recently working with a sponsee, I can't tell you how many times she's asked me, why do we just keep reading the book? Why do we just keep reading the book? And I'm like, because this is the simple directions that we have to follow and we have to follow it. It's the only way it is the way it's the solution. And I can't just talk with you or sit and visit with you. I can't just tell you my story. That's not going to work. Following the directions is, is what's going to help you get what I have. And um, the only way she would believe me is if, if she sees that I'm qualified. She knows I can relate. She can see that I have uh, my own story of how alcoholism wrecked my life and, and how the solution helped me overcome it. And so with that credibility, she'll keep reading the book with me. But without that, I doubt that she would.
1: Thanks thanks for sharing Thank you. does anybody else want to share before we close the meeting Okay.
2: Shall I think cl- the follow up to that I mean the, the recovery rates that we, that we read and have found in the early days of the program the highest recovery rates came out of uh, the areas in Ohio like Cleveland who took this book and they said oh cool now that we have this book let's just do what's in here and uh, you know the results uh, were very very good and same is true today. It's just we have less people that um, seem to do it that way, seemingly.
1: Yeah, it's like I could go and read the book for three hours, or I could go to an amusement park, and uh, it's kind of hard to. <laughs> with
14: yes, oh. exactly. uh, so versatile. Yes, exactly.
1: So, thanks, James, for reading. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to come back
2: again, because he said every time he comes, he is like forced to read. So, we'll our bad. That. Please come back.
1: From A Vision for You, page 164, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon
2: yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny.
1: It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group member sponsors to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. So it looks like we got some medallions here and so you will get the microphone and be presenting sponsees presumably unless they both had to go to the bathroom at the same time but <laughs> uh, okay here they are oh you're going to the sobriety cabinet
2: suspense is building
6: yeah I like it I'm Ryan, I'm Alcoholic. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Um, so I got to meet up with uh, Katie a couple times. We've done um, Preface in the Forwards, Doctor's Opinion, Bill's Story. She's doing great work. So, everybody get to know Katie and uh, show her how we do things around here.
13: Sit down, you're safe. Recovered Alcoholic Mike Chase.
2: Hey, Miguel.
13: Untreated alcoholics always end up doing what? Drinking. Drinking. Coming to meetings, does that treat alcoholism? No. Wanting to stay sober, Is that treat alcoholism? No. So I've got a guy that I started working with. Um, we're going to get him through the book. We're going to recover from alcoholism because we're going to do the work found in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous all the way to Step 12, all the way working with others so he can sit up here and embarrass people too. I want to introduce you to Matea. <laughs>
1: Thank you. thank you perfect is anyone celebrating a year or more of sobriety all right come back next week you are okay next week next
2: is there anyone in need of a big book sponsor you can raise your hand <laughs> it's an honest program mike chase uh all right if you're too shy grab uh, one of the home group members or one of those people that looks happy sober after the meeting and ask them how they did that.
1: If you'd like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting and you can fill out a membership card.
2: Can all home group members please raise your hands? We will see you right after to help reset up the meeting.
1: Thank you all for joining us tonight. We hope to see you next week or Thursday evening, which is the Alcoholics and God step series. We have a speaker that's been coming and doing a step series downstairs. It's at 7.15. Just get here at five and we'll set up and drink coffee in in the fellowship hall. Love it.
2: Uh, please uh, respect the church and their wishes, and if you smoke or vape, go far far away, uh, preferably to the beach before you light up, but at least 75 feet uh, before doing that their thing.
1: What do you say Rob? Should we close with the lord's prayer Wonderful all right Whose father our father, our father who are in heaven.
16: Yeah. Yeah. These possessions that.
17: Smiling When you're smiling The whole world Smiles with you Yes, when you're laughing when you're laughing, yes,
15: yeah,
17: the sun comes shining through. But when you're crying, you bring on the rain. Stop your sighing, baby And be happy
15: again Yes,
17: and keep on smiling Keep on smiling, baby
12: I don't
8: Since when I go to sleep at night And I dream now Uh-huh Fear has left me And I'm standing tall A pile of bricks now lies Where once there stood a wall That I hid behind For all this time Sometimes it takes a break. Set you around. I have a life today when it's give away and it's just about to start So I face each day in a brand new way Show up and plug in my guitar And I play my songs and people sing along Stomp their feet and raise their arms And here in this moment that we share Nothing could come up. The fog is lifted, see the light Count my blessings when I go to sleep at night Ten years old that song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.